I'll have you go, Pat. Just because I go smoke a cigarette in between every single round of magic does not make me a not an athlete anymore, <laughs> sir. I just think that calling people like who play video games like an a- an athlete is absurd. Like the East athletes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's they're 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 competitors and they're professional like esports whatever. But like athleticism is like the, the ability to move your body, not your thumbs. Like that doesn't count. Like I feel <laughs> golf is the cutoff. And even golf is kind of Golf iffy. is not a sport. Golf <laughs> does not count for a sport whatsoever. It, we're yeah. not talking about whether it's a sport or not. We're talking about whether people who golf are athletes. Right. Because no. it does take some... No. F- it does take you know what, though? physical like exertion. Play- no, I don't, no, golf doesn't take physical exertion. If you can play that game and still be on a list of people who are very likely to have a heart attack in the next week, <laughs> then it's not a sport and you're yeah. not an like, like case in point, John Daly, you know? Yeah, I mean, Arnold Palmer is a real American hero, but... Well, Gosh, the WWE guys are more athletes than... I mean, the WWE guys are athletes. I would actually say that, yeah. That not, I would call that, that most of them are fairly athletic, yeah. It's not right. like they're actually fighting for the most part, but they right. you do have to be extremely athletic. Oh, yeah. Some jumps and flips and... Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all athleticism, but, like, the ability, like I said, the ability to... I don't know, like, no-scope someone on Call of Duty does not make you an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> That's just <laughs> absurd. It's absurd. Uh, anyone, anyone who thinks that someone who, like, just because it requires hand-eye coordination as an athlete is just, they're out of their tree. And even so, even if we were to go so far as to allow that, there's no way that would apply to Magic, because Magic is a game designed for literally anyone to play. You know, yeah. you could be, you know, severely disabled in your in your motor movements well, and still be able to play Magic, and that's, is, that's what they want. This is going to sound terrible, but wasn't there a kid at a GP, like, recently who's, like, confined to a wheelchair and, like... Yeah. Use his extremities, but his mom like shuffles for him. So like, which I'm not getting down on him, but I think that the fact that he's able to compete at a high level shows that it's not like you don't have to be an athlete to do it. it you know, some athletes play magic, but magic is not an athletic sport. Exactly, or yes. athletic game, I should say. Right, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, you guys say that, but you're not the ones running away from the crazy fanboys. <laughs> All right, Sorry, I'm drinking a margarita, so... I gotta run upstairs and, and put one of my kids down. He's screaming, so... You guys can get started. Are you gonna, yeah, you gonna use the 48 Jesus. caliber? I'm gonna just... Take him up behind the barn. Just think of the rabbits, Liam. Just think of the rabbits. <laughs> no, it's, it's Luke. He's being such a pain in the ass tonight, man. He's like... He's gotten up I mean, three times. I mean, Lenny, Lenny, Liam, and Luke. You got the, you got the trio right there. <laughs> he literally, like... He got up. He's gotten up twice so far and thrown his fucking pillow and his blanket out of his crib because he's being an asshole tonight. So I'll be right back. <laughs> you fucking asshole. He really is sometimes. I fucking have dredge. On I'm actually. Online. I was thinking about hitting up uh, Jim Not Dredge tomorrow. See if he's going. See if he let me borrow Dredge because he's been on drowsy. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but don't um, we have uh, most of the? Pe- uh, oh, we talked about this. We're missing way too much for Dredge to put it together for tomorrow. I we're missing Icarus. We're missing Could have got Matt. We're missing um, breakthroughs. Not on that. Breakthroughs well, are super cheap now. They were kind of expensive. Yeah, but you have to remember I work for that CE. Yeah. What else are we missing? Well, I mean, breakthroughs were like two, three dollars for a while. Now they're back down to like fifty cents because they were in Eternal Masters. We're missing Narcomibas. We're missing some of the lands. I don't know which ones. I think we have a couple gemstone mines, but we need a couple more. Jesus Christ! I dredged fifteen. And I didn't hit a single other dredger. And I oh, yeah, good point. We have none of the dredgers. 
So you're missing Dredge. You basically are saying that you we're own Lion's Eye like, Diamonds. We have Lion's Eye Diamonds. <laughs> and Fifth Sittings. Uh, Bridge from Belows have quadrupled in price lately. Wrap yeah. it up, kids. What's up, buddy? What's going on? I was a little Thanks, asshole. by the way, for like responding positively to me inviting us onto the cast. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, anytime you guys want to come on. Anytime? Anytime. Hmm. Not right now, though. You guys have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Just got real awkward. Jerry, since you mentioned Arnold Palmer, I'm enjoying one of his famous drinks right now. Ah, oh, man, now I want an Arnold Palmer. I'm having a margarita. Oh, so good. I, I, I get it by the gallon. It's fucking great. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's so good. person in the world who doesn't like iced tea. But it's iced tea and lemonade. I'm, yeah, I'm extra weird. I like iced green tea. Ew. Ew. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Jerry? <laughs> Did someone not hug you as a child? Like <laughs> Ice cream tea is delicious. Sure it is. Sure. I mean, people also like have fetishes with their own feces, too, so. I mean, yeah. Sweeps their own. I, I, I'd never told you about that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this, this is going real weird. I'm playing a dredge match right now, and I dredged 15 and didn't get a single other dredger. So this game sure. is shaping up being weird. What turn is it? What did you dredge off, though? Uh, so I went Cycle, Street Wraith. You on Manalus? No. <laughs> it just, cycle, Street Wraith? What the fuck version are you playing? It just played like uh, just played like Manalus. So I played LED. I cycled Street Wraith. Cracked LED putting Stinkweed Imp in my graveyard. Yeah. Used Stinkweed Imp to dredge. Yeah. Use the th- use the three red from the cracked LED to flash back uh, faithless looting, and yeah. I still didn't hit anything else. Jeez, <laughs> literally nothing. My graveyard right now is Lion's Eye Diamond, Dread Return, Bridge from Below, Cephalid Coliseum, Careful Study, Breakthrough, Gemstone Mine, Careful Study, Street Wraith. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I got some Icarids. <laughs> nice. Well, you're already like ninety percent of the way there, then. Yeah, yeah Icarids will work. I mean, all honestly, that deck is like Acre dot deck. Like, yeah, I mean, well, that's how it started off. And also, I'm playing against a Bug Delver guy, and he's about to make a mistake because he's gonna activate his Deathrite Shaman and, uh, during the wrong phase. Loser! <laughs> um, did he already let you go to your draw step? Yeah. Oh, idiot! So he just does that on your upkeep, right? Well, what you do you- is you. You wait until, because uh, I don't have enough black creatures in my graveyard to okay. make the most use out of Icarid. So what you do is you wait until I exile a creature and then exile the Icarid. Oh, okay. Kind of too phony there. Yeah. There's those little those little interactions, though, like that. I feel like with you playing Dredge, it just makes you more aware of them. Even if you knew them before, you know? Yep. You just become a lot more on point with that stuff. That's um, like playing play the Eldrazi deck. You to the Icarid trigger. You can't exile the creature before Icarid comes back to play, bro. You should read the wording on that. Well, I'm playing Magic Online and it's letting you. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's because I have two Icarids in my graveyard. I neglected oh, to say okay. that. That's okay. what I'm saying. I was going to say, because Icarid's trigger is one whole trigger. Like, you either respond to the trigger or you don't. It's not an yeah, activated no, ability no. where, like, you do something <laughs> to activate it and then it happens. No, like... no. <laughs> <laughs> But he could respond to the first Icarid trigger, get rid of the other creature, making you exile Icarid if you want one back. Right, exactly. So that's a potential. That doesn't... Oh, it kind of fucks you over, but not really. Oh, man, and I'm just drawing into the straight nut! <laughs> so I had a top deck cards because I was out of uh, dredgers, and my two cards that I top decked were Cephalid Coliseum, Cephalid Coliseum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Everything's turning up daisies now. Scumbag. So the, the deck Cephalid Breakfast, is that a dredge deck? 
No, well, that's its own thing. It, it does mill itself, but it's not a dredge deck. Yeah, okay. it's design. It's more like oops all spells than dredge. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it uses Cephalid Illusionist, is it? And Nomad and Vec. Nomad and Vec has the zero ability. The next one damage dealt to target creature is dealt to another target or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you just activate that ability over and over again, targeting your Cephalid Illusionist, which has whenever it becomes a target of spell or ability, you mill I think two cards. Yeah. So you just keep targeting it to flip over your deck, which has Narcomibas, and then you dredge into like a you mill into a Dread Return and Lord of Extinction, and Lord of Extinction has power. You Dread Return Lord of Extinction, which has power and toughness equal to cards in all graveyards. Oh, that's so pretty you sweet. Just, yeah, I mean it's it's not, but yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's a shitty deck. <laughs> yeah, it used to be tier one. Mm. And surgical got printed. Yeah, that art is fucking awesome though on Lord of Extinction. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Some pretty sick art. Man, Cephalid Breakfast is not a deck you hear that often anymore. I don't know why I heard of that. I think I was listening to um, maybe like the Legacy Breakfast podcast. And yeah, one of the that's, I mean, that's where they get from it. it it's an, it's definitely yeah. an iconic uh, iconic uh, Legacy deck. If you've been yeah. around Legacy for a while, you know it, and it sticks out. If yeah. you have not been in Legacy for very long, you do not know that deck, and you will likely never see it. Right. Unless, you're that per- unless you have that one asshole in the room, like myself. Who just picks up random Jenks decks and just plays them. Yes. Because they're an asshole. <laughs> Speaking of which, you guys are going to love my article tomorrow. Oh, yeah. oh, boy. Give us a sneak peek. Bring him back Dr. Teeth. Dr. Teeth? Uh, why? I know this, but I can't think of what it is. One blue-black creature. Oh, uh, Psychotog. Yeah. There we go. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I talk about my midlife crisis in uh, Magic. <laughs> I run Psychotog in my uh, Grixis EDH deck, and I fucking love him in that. Brings back so many memories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of the few standard decks I played back in the day that had blue in them. (laughs) What was... Oh, it was Goblin Piledriver was printed to counter Psychotog. (laughs) Yes, because it's pro-blue. And it can't be countered, because the Psychotog decks were just way too good back then. I mean, it can be countered. It was just pro-blue, and it gets plus two, plus zero. That's the only abilities it has. You had Vile then once the, shortly after that got printed when Mirrodin came out too, but Psychotog was gone at that point, so. Yeah. yeah. They just missed each other in standard. That's actually when I first started playing Magic was uh, during Onslaught. So all yeah. like, the Odyssey decks were already established. And yep. then Mirrodin was like my first uh, pre releases where I actually got to see like new cards rotate in. Yeah. So for me, like I watched Onslaught come into standard right yeah. when I started playing like. Uh, Plane Shift and all that, and 7th Edition were still legal. Um, and Onslaught Bot came in, then 8th Edition came in, and I watched both those come in. I watched all my babies rotate out. <laughs> my oppositions and all that. Sorry, I had my astral slides, I didn't care. I didn't give <laughs> And my Varius Wakes. Oh, baby. Oh, baby a triple. Jerry, are you playing in the league right now? Uh, I'm just, I'm, I mean, we could start whenever. No, I was just I was curious if that's what you've been, you've been doing lately. Um, so I've been doing leagues, uh, but I ran out of tickets, so <laughs> <laughs> now I'm doing a two-man queue until yeah. I'm out of those, and then I'll, uh, I'll probably put another 12 bucks in. But I was doing well. I went 4-1 uh, with Dredge. 
Then I went four and one with Dredge again. Then I went three and two with Dredge, which basically is just free entry again. Yep. And then I went one and four, one and four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just ran into just the hate decks. Like, I ran into, like, Saffron Olive made an article not too long ago where he posted uh, black-green uh, Hexmage depths. Uh, so I played against that deck, and that deck just wrecks Dredge, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Crop Rotation Bajookabog. Exactly, Crop Rotation Plus, like, If it's a Junk variant, they have Night of the World Query. Yep, and they're just faster. Like, I was shocked they're at how faster. quick that deck can get that uh, combo off. It's crazy. Yeah, it's turn one, why... Orborg, like Thought Seizure or whatever, turn two, Hex Mage off of Dark Death and Orborg. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. I don't know why. I see the Hex Mage, like the Hex Steps... A lot in line. I don't know why I don't see more in paper. Is it because of miracles? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. You're, you're. I haven't really seen it online at all either. Um, I saw it once in recently in real life, and by recently I mean like six months ago. Yeah. And it was literally a guy playing the blue black version from five years ago. He had like just come back to the game. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the deck I was playing five years ago. Let's see. Blue black hex page steps. What? Blue black hex mage steps. Yeah, I've not seen that version. Oh yeah, it's it's the it's what I thought was the standard version, at least with the standard no, I, version. No, I always assumed the standard version had crop rotation because it makes so much sense. You can like yeah. make Merrill agent instant speed. Well, I mean, it's if ba- you're if you're doing crop rotation, why don't you just do lands then? Because hex, well, a lot like, of those decks do run crop rotation. Yeah, I would assume that hex depths is like much cheaper than than lands and probably much faster. Yeah, you know, as, as, as grindy of games with hex depths because. You can. I mean, it's even faster than than uh, than Despian stage. Uh, that depends. I don't know, man. I was playing against it on a Grixis Delver, and like Grixis Delver, I can like I can grind out a game with lands, but with hex steps, like if I don't and if I don't have an answer for uh, Vampire Hex Mage, like if I don't have a counter for it, I'm gonna lose that game. Like not not close. I mean, so I'm trying. The thing is, is that it will depends on the version that you're running. Like the exploration decks, the Thespian stage is going to be quicker, but for they're equal like, speed at that point. Yeah, but I mean the chances of like Hex Depths getting uh, Urborg and Dark Depths and Vampire Hex Mage all in the same hand is is not like super common. It's much Less easier to crop rotation though. Yeah, but if you're running crop rotation, you don't get to do the Urborg Dark Depths. Yeah, you do. You go turn one by you, and yeah, let's say I want to, like, Thought Seize you. Turn two, I crop rotate that by you in Uroborg, play a Dark Depths, cast Vampire Hex Page, and I'm ready to go. Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. I guess it That's why they run way. crop rotation, because it gives them more consistency. So they only need two cards in hand rather than three. Yeah, okay. That's exactly what was going on in my brain, but I couldn't say it. <laughs> I, I'm just familiar with the deck. Yeah. Um, Dan Hall played it for a little bit here and there. And then um, uh, I've just I played it at tournaments randomly. I've never actually played it myself, but I played against it a bit, and I've kind of like watched it every time I see like a top for it. I kind of peek at deck lists. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I, online, like I said, I see it a good amount online. Never seen it in paper, but I probably also play have played more matches online than I have in paper at this point. Oh, well, one of the issues with it is your opponent has like a Crocus or a Swords Plowshares, and like you go all in on that, and all of a sudden you're down to your one land and plays an Orborg. And you have nothing else going on. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. You have no form of card selection, card draw. So it's like mm. you can like tend to like just get a dead top deck war. Yep. It's definitely an all in deck, like an all in combo yeah. deck for sure. Like I played against it on post and he did that to me. Like he like I think he like on his turn two he crop rotated away his bayou or forest or whatever. 
for an Orborg, played Dark Depths, played Vampire X Mage, said go. End of my turn, he activated it to get his token, so he thinking he's going to kill me on my next on his next turn. And I crop rotated away one of my lands on twelve posts and went and got Crocus and bounced it. And then we played like Drago for like ten turns until I was able to kill him. Someone yeah. just asked me what the topic of this week's show is, and I feel like I can only reply with question marks. <laughs> That's pretty how to How to call people on Skype and have it <laughs> drop. Yeah. Skype technical difficulties. That's All right. right. Hey, guys. You're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't right. have to scoop to anyone. Right. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, and she's <laughs> going to pop eight, and you're going to pop her out. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. Like, like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Damn it! Oh, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed the intro. Great job. <laughs> uh, hey, everyone. This is another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. Got a bunch of awesome people in the cast today. Uh, first and foremost... Uh, Mr. Jerry Me, what's going on, man? What is up? How's Blowing it going? Blowing out your drums. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> we also have uh, Kate and Aaron, MTG Power Couple and Writers for Hipster of the Coast. What's going on? Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, what's good? Solid uh, intro there. Yeah. For our listeners, if this seems pretty slapstick, we've been recording for over an hour already. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, none of it is going to work because <laughs> uh, technology. Yeah, that happens. Don't need anything else. <laughs> there is one. There is a, at some point we need to do like a full, like full podcast with everyone live, like sitting at the same table. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But today's not that day, unfortunately. We should record a draft. That'd be all right. That'd be. Oh. Dope. <laughs> uh, so, what's everyone done this week? You guys play any Legacy? Of course. I played Legacy this week. I always I play Legacy. <laughs> I don't get to till tomorrow. <laughs> I, work on, I work on Sundays at the very store that you guys get to play at. <laughs> Who is murdering a bag of Ritz crackers? <laughs> it's not Ritz crackers, it's Triscuits. Leave them alone. <laughs> Jesus. They're not buttery goodness, they're salty goodness. Oh man, this is going to run contention for uh, worst episode. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I tried to get them to plan this show out, guys. I tried. I tried, too. <laughs> Jerry's like, we're going to wing it. <laughs> what do you mean, no? Oh, my God, what, is it, what do we want to talk about this week? Ah, I don't know, what do you want to talk about this week? And I'm like, fuck it. No one has anything to talk about? Let's Excuse just me. do it. I threw out several topics, thank you very much. Jerry and just pulled a Bill O'Reilly and said, fuck it, let's do it live. <laughs> fuck it, let's do it live! <laughs> Well, I think we did have Murpho questions. So we, we have can pretend questions. That we're about, we can pretend to talk about some <laughs> legacy up in this joint. Yeah, we can we can do Murpho questions. Jerry already kind of uh, <laughs> in the the pre-show recounted some of his uh, his dredge playing the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, so we'll hear about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll hear about that. You may have heard about that. You may hear about that later in the cast. It depends on where all the editing winds up. The magic of movie editing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, what did you do uh, in Legacy this week? Uh, well, I went to 
Dats Entertainment yesterday to play in the Sunday Legacy tournament. Nice. Um, it was fun. It's, well, I don't really get to go to Dats Entertainment that much, so it was good to see everyone that went there that wasn't part of the Leaving Legacy crew. Um, they never show up for Legacy, so... <laughs> I was going to, but then I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I messaged them, like, are you guys on your way? There's, like, no one here. That's like, oh, no, I just finally got my first day off, so I'm spending my kids. That's reasonable. I finally got back from Jerry. <laughs> oh, like, man, I, I overslept. I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna make it. Like 12.20 or something like that I heard back there. <laughs> Uh, so that was even worse on Friday. So I was going to go, uh, to gaming, et cetera, on Friday to play in their F and M legacy. And I got home from work and I'm like, uh, I can, uh, I, I have some time. I can like take a quick nap before I have to go. <laughs> so I set my alarm for like six o'clock and I'm like still in my clothes because I'm just going to take like a half hour power nap and then go set my alarm for six o'clock. I wake up, I look at my phone, and it's 3 a.m. <laughs> you set it for 6 a.m.? That was a powerful nap. It was a powerful nap. So I watched nice. the X-Files from, uh, you know, 3 yes. a.m. to 5 a.m. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Was, my was it like, night. was it the Alien X-Files, or was it the Monster Hunting X-Files? Oh, Monster Hunter all the way. Yeah, yeah the good ones. The yeah, good Monster ones. of the Week. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what were you on, uh, Aaron, uh, when you played? I played, I played my, the mono-white world color stacks that I wrote about in my article two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on that for the last couple of tournaments, and I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Just having like eight or seven smokestacks effects is just great. <laughs> it's delightful. For you. For, for me, for yes, you. for me. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was really good. You know, I ended up, uh, I basically went 2-1-1. I probably could have been three one, but quite frankly, after like going in like forty minutes against Miracles ugh, for the first two games, I was like, "Well, we're not gonna freaking we're not gonna finish this last game anyway." Like, I'm fairly certain I could probably win ten minutes against that deck, but probably not. Yeah, I'm fairly certain I'm slightly favored, but I just I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just split because you know one of us is gonna make it if we you know if one of us wins, one of us makes it top. So. It was a lot of fun though. I really enjoyed the deck. It's uh, it's quite the interesting effect when you hit like you know smokestacks and like two world callers down the battlefield. Yeah, it sounds pretty awful. I'm really glad I wasn't there. Stacks <laughs> <laughs> gets rough. I don't really like playing against it. Sorry, babe. It's just one of those matchups where I feel like no matter what you're on, like even if it's a winning matchup for you, it's just exhausting unless you're like on infect or like lands and you've won on turn two, like. It's just a never-ending match. Like, I don't want to watch Stacks versus Miracles. I'd rather just take a nap. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I chose to do. <laughs> <laughs> you take a nap, you don't play Magic. I was actually super disappointed because I really wanted to go. Because I have Caleb Derward's uh, sweet Tin Fins list with Monastery Mentor in the sideboard. Oh, is that what you end up sleeping up? That's oh, sweet- man. It oh, looks so much fun. I want to play it so bad. I don't just mainboard the mentors in ten times. <laughs> just mainboard mentors. That's, yeah, fuck it. You know, you're gonna cast much spells anyway. Hell yeah, I like it. <laughs> shall grave that same mentor. It's perfect. They'll never see it coming. Oh no, definitely not. And then 18 spells later, whoop, they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> All set. Then I win. <laughs> exactly. That's what matters really about magic. It's winning. It's not having fun. Right. <laughs> if you're not ha- if you're not winning, you're not having fun. Exactly. That's all that matters. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, why can't I just have a deck that has like a 95% win rate against the rest of the room? 
if the room doesn't have death and taxes, you have sneak and show. It's true. It's true. Unfortunately, <laughs> death and taxes is more common than ever, and looks like Wizards <laughs> is trying to make it 100% of the legacy meta. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's a fun little deck. It's a lot of fun. Have you ever played it? Yeah, sneak and show? Yeah. No, I know you've played sneak and show. <laughs> have you ever played death and taxes? Uh, I'm, like, testing. I've never run it in a tournament or anything like that. Oh, I'd love to see you play death and taxes for a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do it. If Blake is going to gaming etc. on Friday, because I know he's not going to be there Tuesday, um, he actually has my Mono White Death and Taxes deck. So if you uh, want to hit him up, see if he'll bring it, you can run it Friday. Nice. Have you started oh. running the new Thalia in your Death and Taxes list? Uh, yes. In my list, it's going to be a two of. Yep. But that's the other sweet thing about that Queller Stacks list, is I have new Thalia as a three of in that deck. Mm-hmm. And turn one new Thalia on the play against the deck, Ugh. like Infect or like Bug Delver. Oh, it's so delicious if they yeah, don't counter it, if they don't have force for it. Oh, it's br- that's a brutal. That is a brutal card. I played against that um, running Eldrazi, and I was playing against Death and Taxes. And like game one was like you know just run over them just because I happened to have like a nutso draw. But um, game two and three when they're able to land like <laughs> when they go like turn two regular Thalia, turn three new Thalia, it's just. <laughs> It's so rough. I now mean, none of your creatures can attack through because of first strike. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for the most part, like I don't, I don't really worry about like the mimics and like the endless ones because I'll play those for for free off of I. Yeah. But like, just like having like a reality smasher come and tap sucks because you're paying five mana <laughs> for a guy who's <laughs> supposed to be hasty and like and they come in tapped. It's just brutal. Yeah. And between that and like ports and wastelands, like it's it's. I think it's gonna be a very valid card in that deck. I f- so. I go on the forums a decent amount. I know I talk about this quite often. A lot of the guys on the Death and Taxes thread are, they've all been very excited for Nidalia. All of them had very positive testing experience. Like, yeah, she's a little slow to the party, but at the same mm-hmm. time, later in the game, like, even against Miracles, they're, they're still using a lot of fetch lands. They're still, oh, yeah. once they fetch their first few basics, they gotta start fetching dual lands. Yep. And Thalia just throws so much disruption into that engine that they have. Mm-hmm. Where, like, they can play a fetch land so they can, like, top fetch top to try and you know smooth out their draws but when their yep. fetch line comes untapped and then if they have to fetch a duel that comes untapped it limits them so much and oh, yeah. so much that they have to play around as a result that's and exactly it really what is I, disruptive yeah when i first saw the card that's exactly what i thought of was like how many times have you played miracles and they're like you know we'll we'll top uh brainstorm play a land like fetch you know it's just yeah it's it can be brutal they can just chain those together over and over and over again yeah. turn after turn and that card, like because, like exactly what you said, I mean, even though Miracles plays a lot of basics, it will shut them down at some point. Yeah. Um, and it's just a it's just a solid card. And a three two first strike isn't terrible, you know. I mean, it's nothing to scoff at at all. Like three two no. first strike does a lot in combat right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The moment you like can pop, if, especially in Death and Taxes, you get your equipment. The moment you throw like a sort of fire and ice on that, oh yeah. I mean, Goyf doesn't contend with that at all. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it doesn't have pro green, it kills a Goyf. Yep. It's it was really good. So I I, I think that card's awesome. Um. I don't know how, like, I, I think you're right. I think, like, a two or three of is probably where it wants to be. Um, maybe, like, pushing out, like, Mirren Crusader, or what's the other one that they run, like, the three drop? Mangara. Yeah, maybe Brimaz. Mangara. I, I, I mean, I don't really run Brimaz anyways, but if I did, that's probably what it would push out for me. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't feel like Brimaz is that good anymore, right? Like, it doesn't seem I very mean, well so the, suited. So, there's a lot of, like, theory behind what kind of creatures you run as your beaters in Death and Taxes. Um, if you're in, like, a heavy Punishing Fire bolt meta... You run Brimaz. Mm-hmm. If you're in a heavy abrupt K meta, you run Mirren Crusader. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And the reason is Mirren Crusader dies to both Bolt and Punishing Fire with one shot. Um, Brimaz, at least, against a Punishing Fire, requires two times to hit it. Bolt, it requires, again, two bolts to hit it. So Brimaz is much better when you have a heavier Punishing, punishing Fire type of meta. So mm-hmm. it just it's a lot more hardy than a Mirror Crusader. It also is like an army in a can. Yeah. Every time it attacks or blocks, you get a you get a creature. Yeah. Mirror Crusader is also the bug killer. Like when you yeah. when there's nothing but like shardless bug running around, Mirror Crusader is practically unbeatable in those matchups. Because yeah. very it, difficult to answer. It's Toxic Deluge, Liliana, or Bust. Right. Because he'll block a Goyf all day, he can't be abrupt decayed, and then if he starts swinging with, like, a Sword of Fire and Ice or an Umazawa's Jit, uh, he's getting through pretty much anything and just wrecking your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100% accurate. Yeah. Also, I mean, he's also just really good if you are the type of player that favors your Sword of Fire and Ice, because uh, <laughs> Mirren Crusader with a Sword of Fire and Ice is it's basically nice. progenitus. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you gotta play post, run Ugin, everything's fine, nothing scary. <laughs> yeah, there we Was go. that 12 damage and two cards each swing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> connects? That's disgusting. Yeah. And he'll connect, because what, is he not protection against at that point, white? Yeah, it's like he, he can be crap. swords to plash aired. <laughs> <laughs> that awkward moment where you think, wow, my pro four-color knight's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One mana gone. <laughs> then you see him digging that sword into the ground to dig up some freaking pastures. <laughs> Oh, boy. Hey, he's a farmer. He's not a crusader anymore at all. (laughs) He's a farmer. (laughs) Speaking of splashing white, uh, I've been running that... that, uh, I thought you were going to make a cocaine joke right there. (laughs) (laughs) The the white Eldrazi, um, I've been running that online a little bit. And I feel like the reason why I wanted to go with the white splash in Eldrazi is because it runs like a two of Caracas main deck and it runs like uh, three or four Eldrazi Displacer. Which is yeah. really good against like Merit Age and stuff. Yeah, um, you also just want to say fuck you, Jerry. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. pretty much, pretty much. So that's what those cards tell me. Well, that's that's <laughs> the thing I found in like the Eldrazi deck. It seems like if I play against lands, it's just it can be really rough, especially if they're able to do like the Maze Plan or recur Wastelands. Um, it can be hard to punch through, and if they make a Merit Age, it's all over. So like in my paper deck. I was running like Phyrexian Metamorph to copy Merit Lage and then hope to get to like a, a Worldbreaker, which I actually did. It was it was actually pretty sweet, but there's it, it, just not a lot you can do with that deck. So this, the White Splash has been good, but I think you're right, Aaron. I know I kind of run it by you. It's just not like I think the power of the Eldrazi deck is like the turn one disruption, either like Thorn or Chalice, and then you're just like ramping out these massive creatures yeah. really quickly. It's like the fast mana is huge in that deck, and when you run the White Splash, you get these really awkward draws of like. Like a chalice, and you have to wait till turn two to play because you have like an Ayabugan and uh, you know like a Caracas and a yeah. Cavern of Souls in your in your opener. Oh, absolutely. So, so it's not it's not nearly as explosive, but I think it's a little bit more resilient to some of the stuff you see online. I don't know if it's better in paper or not. I'm not sure, um, but I've been enjoying it online. It just it's I've had some awkward draws with it, so I have to see. It, it, you know, it's kind of like learning a brand new deck. Like, I probably play, like, 40, 50 games with the, uh, the colorless Eldrazi, and now I'm only, like, you know, half a dozen with, with the white Eldrazi. So, um, just trying to find out where that deck wants to be as far as opening hands. Like, what's an auto-keep? What's an auto-mulligan? The colorless Eldrazi was a lot easier to figure out, but it's tougher with the white flag. So, the, the way I look at it is colorless and white Eldrazi, they kind of have, like, a similar different style, like, Tez and Ant. Mm-hmm. Like, the Epic Storm is better against your non-Force Will decks because it's faster than Athalia. But Ant is a little better against your Force Will decks because it has a lot more disruption and discard. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas the Eldrazi builds, it's kind of like, you know, your Colossal Eldrazi is very good when your opponent's stumbling because it takes advantage of things like that with the such aggressive starts, the very efficient beaters, things of that nature, and the Thought Knot mm-hmm. Seers and whatnot. Um, whereas the Mono White Eldrazi kind of takes advantage of like a slower, grindier game because it's got a lot more value in it. It's not so much about the aggressive, quick ground pounders. It's more about the like your Eldrazi displacer tricks and things yeah. of that nature. So yeah, yeah absolutely. that's it. Gain some, lose some. That percentage yeah. points that way. I'm surprised we haven't seen anyone splashing blue to run like the emerge. Honestly, like wasn't that I don't know. I feel like deck? that could be good if someone gave it a shot, but we haven't seen it much at yeah. all. Wasn't that like a standard deck or something like that? Like to emerge, yeah, that is yeah. a standard deck right now. Also, um, sweet name for a deck. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I hate these new names, like Teamer and all that bullshit. Ask Aaron, I'll rage against them <laughs> until I'm blue in the face, yeah. but. Teamerge is a sweet name. <laughs> uh, but I'm like surprised we haven't seen any of that in Legacy because I feel like a couple of these Emerge creatures would be pretty good, um, but we just haven't seen them at all. I yeah. think like I've been I've been in the source a lot um, uh, with the Eldrazi deck just because it's it's a fairly short thread. It's only like 70 pages long or whatever, so it's easy oh, to like start. The people there are the super bitter towards each other. I love it. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, but like, but it's cool because like there's a guy like you know like Nolom or Baruch who like are just crushing dailies. Like they're going four one five zero in all the da- in all the uh, the leagues rather. And Bruce so it's really, <laughs> Yeah, wasn't he? he on, like, a, he's death and taxes usually. That's what I thought. <laughs> traitor. Um, but it's uh it's cool to like, be able to talk to the people and get their opinions and and see their lists and kind of use them as a resource for uh, sideboarding and whatnot, but I've seen that Nolom's been on the white the white Splash Eldrazi, so that's kind of why I copied over to it, but um, I don't know if, if just they play so many leagues that they happen to 4-1 and 5-0 because they just get the right matchups, but it feels like sometimes I'll get in a league and like start off pretty well and then just hit a few matchups that are just I'm just going to lose to, like especially with Colorless, like going against Hex Depths or Lands, it's just there's not a ton you can do against that deck. Like You can hope to land... Uh, like a chalice, but they're just going to K grip it in post sideboard games. So, um, well, it, even so, that those decks they can just living wish for the Rex Sage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's 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 been uh, interesting. I'm I'll I will report back next week when I have a few more dozen games and and see how uh, how the white splash has played out. But it seems to be pretty pretty successful. I enjoy playing it online. Like turn one chalice into turn two thought Nazi here feels so so dirty and so good. Sorry not to do that. <laughs> I always hate that when you have those like two matchups where like I mean every deck has this like that you just can't win. Yeah. Like I'll post like sitting down across like Storm. I'm just like, all right, time to cry. Yeah. Like that was my dream crush at SUG. Wuster was playing against Storm, and it's just uh. awful, awful when you lose to that deck when you get paired against that deck that you know you can't win against. Yeah, I feel like like the more and the more all in type strategies have. Those those matchups are further in the you know what I mean like out of their favor. Whereas like if you're playing like um like Charles Bug like a lot of your or a good example is like something like Crisis Delver which is like a pretty fair deck. A lot of your matchups are very fifty fifty. There's there are very few that you're really unfavorable against. But if you're playing like something like Sneak and Show, you have those decks. You have those those decks like Death and Taxes you come up against and you're like ninety ten to lose it. You know. Yeah, I wouldn't put it at ninety ten honestly. Oh. If it was just like game one every time, yeah, ninety ten. But like post board, the matchup becomes much better for seeing and show than I think a lot of people give it credit for. Yeah, and Jerry can attest this when he and I have faced that squared off with these two decks. I mean, there's been several times that you know I'll get paired against Jerry and like post board he goes like turn one Blood Moon and my Crocus is shut off and I'm sitting on like Crocus port 
wastelands, you know? Yeah. And also, I have zero white mana. I've got, like, Mangara in hand, Source Plowshares, yeah. all the uh, stuff that will slow them down. They yeah. just turn to uh, show, and t- uh, show and Tell and Damrical, and it's like, okay, well, I just... <laughs> It's it's what my therapist calls my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like ninety ten is probably being a bit hyperbolic, but you know what I mean. Like it's just a very it seems like a very lopsided yeah. matchup, especially like you said, game one. So yeah, well, um, I mean, know, just the ninety ten is fair if you're talking about pre board. It's just like yeah. once you include post board, it's probably close to like, I mean, it's still probably like you know sixty, forty, seventy five, mm. twenty five, or some crap like that. But yeah, yeah, it's still terrible in the, in our favor, but. Something I think is lost against a lot of players, too, is the importance of sideboarded games. Like, you will always play at least, at minimum, 50% of your matches post-sideboard. Probably more than that if you're going to three games. So I think the like the relevance of your sideboard and understanding those matchups is lost in a lot of players, or just maybe not stressed enough. So it's always yeah. good to be you know diligent in doing your sideboard, like, understanding what your sideboard's there for. Yeah. Oh, 100%. There's actually a lot of articles that have come out that I've noticed in the past even probably a year or so, or maybe even two years, where, you know, the article addresses the fact that you're not sideboarding enough, or mm-hmm. you, you're not sideboarding right. Yeah. And that is true. You know, a lot of matchups, a lot of people, a lot of it comes down to people don't test post-board games. Mm-hmm. People just test mainboard versus mainboard. Like, if Jerry and I tested mainboard versus mainboard, My Death and Taxes versus His Sneak and Show, chances are I'm probably going to win maybe seven out of ten times, if not eight or nine out of ten times. Mm-hmm. But if we tested post-board games, we're probably getting closer to, like, where I said, like, the 75-25 slip, where I'm still probably going to take a majority of the games. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to catch a lot of games post-board. Yeah, totally. Because a lot of people, like, sneaky show players, I think overall, like, I've heard of a lot of sneaky show players, like, yeah, I didn't bother blowing in Blood Moon because it just didn't seem good. I'm like, I've been blown out by Blood Moon. Like, I, I, I'll keep a hand that's, like, Caracas garbage against sneaky show. Mm-hmm. By, like, Caracas needle garbage, I'll keep it because... <laughs> Hitting needle, on sneak attack, Crocus off the show and tell, I win. You know? Yeah. And a lot of people are just like, yeah, oh, I didn't think of that, you know? But Jerry's blown me out with that multiple times. And then I go Nahiri, and then Monastery Mentor for the Rubbins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfectly fine if you do that against me. I don't board out sh- Swords of Plowshares against Sneak and Show like a lot of people do. So I don't care if you do that. That's fine. That also brings up a really good point, and something that um, I'm certainly guilty of is, like, being a just straight-up net decker. Like, I'm not like a Jerry where he likes to brew his decks and, like, kind of customize them to himself. Like, I don't I don't think Jerry can run, like, a standard 75, like, even if someone wants... 76, like, even, sure, yeah, yeah. Ex- well, exactly. That's the biggest problem. I mean, there just isn't enough 76ers <laughs> out there. You know what I mean? There but, are more 76ers, you know, that might be a different conversation. I will literally, like, rip a deck list from, from like, NTGO or from like a paper event that does well, and just play it. And I found that that's a, a bit of a problem. So, like, something, I mean, maybe it's a little bit too big, big of a topic to go over today, but if you guys are interested in coming on again, I would love to do a, a show where we talk about building a sideboard, um, because I think that's one of those things where, you know, you say, like, well, you know, my, my deck online is going to be this, but, like, if I go to TE, my deck needs to be this, and if I go to, to Etsy, well, it might need to be different than if I go to TE, because I know that there's a Goblins player at Etsy, or you know, or whatever the case is. Um, so building a sideboard, I think, is a is a, maybe a show topic that we can go over next time you guys come on because it's it's a pretty big topic, but I think it's one that's probably um, not not gone over enough. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, sideboarding. I think a lot of people, a lot of people. I think the issue is what you said, like the net deck. So like a lot of the sideboard cards, I look at and they're like, why the hell is this card in there? Oh, totally. When there's like a like it could completely shore up a bad matchup. 
Mm-hmm. And like, this card's horrible, why is it in there? And then they just go, with, I'm going to go with this card. They don't understand what the purpose of that card is. Maybe there's some significance between some of the main board cards and that card. Maybe it's just a certain matchup that blows out. Like, it could be like the one of Golgari Charm and the Charless Bug sideboard. We're like, well, I already have Toxic Deluge main board, and I have like Liliana Jace. Why the hell do I ever want, you know, Golgari Charm? Well, mm-hmm. that Golgari Charm can also hit a Resin Piece while it sweeps away. Like, it can hit a Resin Piece or sweep away Death and Taxes board, and Death and Taxes is a tough matchup. Yep. Yeah, and then, that's the other thing, too, is like the kind of the theory between. Um, you know, does Jerry want to have like, you know, 14 cards in his sideboard against Death and Taxes? Like, does he, or yes. does he? <laughs> 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 well, I mean, like, well, I mean, there's kind of the theory that like, there are going to be some decks that you're just going to lose to. And like, yeah, you can spend like all 15 of your sideboard slots to try to shore up the matchup, but still be a pretty big underdog to that deck. And if it's not one of the top decks in the format, like, should you really try to hedge your bets against that deck in that way? Or should you use those 15 cards to sort of, uh, balance more matchups in your favor that are more 50-50 or slightly unfavorable rather than ones that are, like, super unfavorable to be, you know, only only kind of unfavorable, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like an 80% or 70%. So, deck. I know we don't want to go too far into that. <laughs> I know we don't want to go too far into that, but that's actually... So, Death and Taxes right now, Elves is not really much of a thing. Elves is also a terrible matchup. So, what I've actually come to on that is when I plan my sideboard. I don't sit there thinking, okay, Elves is terrible. I need to I need to go with seven sideboard slots just to beat Elves. Mm-hmm. But then I'm potentially losing something that hedges me a little bit against Miracles, or I'm he- losing something that hedges me a little more towards Sneak and Show to make, make me even more favorable on that matchup. Uh, so I don't do that. I actually completely drop Containment Priest. I keep Graph Digger's Cage just because it has, like, it hits, like, Elves, Randomair, and Dredge. So a lot well, that, of people, I think, underestimate the useful sideboard cards they could have, too. Oh, for and sure. They, that's They go, oh, these Containment Priests are just for this one deck or whatever. Yeah. That's like, that, yeah, but you, they're also good against these decks. And that's the difference well, yeah. between, like, versatile cards versus silver bullet cards, right? And yeah. what do you... Th- and I think, like, it ends up coming down to estimating, like, the the probabilities that you're... that Like, estimating the matchup percentage points you're gaining or losing by having like a versatile card versus silver bullet across like the entirety of matchups you could face for a day. Well, yeah, it's like how we play at uh gaming, et cetera, and act in. And like, there's normally at least one or two like mono red stompy esque style desks there. So like if I'm playing post, like that's probably something I want to think about. But if I'm playing at that C, like, I, there's normally like maybe a goblins player there, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's like such a different different viewpoint. Like when I'm walking in the room, it's like, oh fuck, I'm just gonna get blood moon all day, as opposed to walking into that sea where I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna just get wastelanded all day, and like, yep. I'm gonna prep differently for different places. And I think that's a problem I see a lot of people make. Like I, I you know, you guys know I'm in a game store. Like I'll see people walk in and they'll just automatically grab their sideboard and they don't take five minutes to think about the meta at all. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Jerry, was there something you want to add to that? I know you're trying to get in there. No, I'm good. You <laughs> <laughs> guys said it all. <laughs> yeah, I think... I'll, just, I'll be over here. Aww. Well, well Jerry, you, you could probably speak to that, though, right? Like when No, you, it's okay. How many cyborg slots do you want to dedicate to death and taxes? I want to dedicate like twenty five, roughly. But the, <laughs> but, but, but the rules of magic uh, cause me to dedicate about. It depends if you count blood moons. Uh, 
like I what I wanted to jump in on was the versatility comment and yes that's like why Grafdigger's Cage is one of the best sideboard cards in Legacy is because it hits so many different decks um, same is kind of true with Blood Moon Blood Moon hits a lot of different styles of decks so I will bring in Blood Moons against Death and Taxes but would you call Blood Moon like specific hate for Death and Taxes I don't really think so but maybe I'm wrong in that um, I would say I always at least dedicate two slots to Sudden Shock, but that's also because Sudden Shock is also good in a lot of other good matchups mm-hmm. like Infect, uh, where you just need to be able to kill creatures at instant speed with split second. Um, it's also good at just taking out Containment Priests, which is a big problem for the deck. So I don't know if I necessarily have any slots specifically dedicated to Death and Taxes, but I have, you know, between three to five slots that I will board in for Death and Taxes. Yeah. That's my roundabout way of saying, take what you will from it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate that. Jerry's really excited. You are welcome. Like conspiracy to get printed. Real excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just not... I don't even know why I bother foiling out that deck, because I'm not putting it together for the longest time. What's that, Sneaky Show? <laughs> yeah. He's got to be like the rest of everyone else. Throw a couple of omniscience in there. Throw some cutting wish <laughs> in there. I hate omniscience. Omniscience is like <laughs> the epitome of boring magic to me. It's like, ooh, I have a big ten casting enchantment that says I win the game. Now watch me win the game for the next twenty minutes. Ooh. As opposed to the as opposed to the fifteen cost fifteen fifteen flying protection from spells. Um, if I'm gonna six. win, if I'm gonna win, I'm gonna give you a bloody nose. I'm not gonna <laughs> make you watch me jerk off in your face for twenty minutes. <laughs> I'm going to hit you. That is quite the visual, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Anywho, Phil. There's so much to talk about when it comes to building a sideboard, right? It's something that we should certainly delve deeper uh, in another episode when we're prepared. Since we've been so on topic, I know. (laughs) I too want to mention you know what always is terrible experience at Magic? When you're the new kid in the store. And you get paired against the miserable bit, bitch in the room. Or the miserable <laughs> asshole in the room, I should say. Aaron. Um, Dude, I'm right here. Aaron. I'm right here. Well, no, so... <laughs> my first round on this Stacks variant I've been on, I got paired against Burn by someone yeah. that doesn't usually come to the store. It was his first time at the store. My turn one was like, Thalia, go. And he goes like, Swiss Spear, go. He goes, Swiss Spear, attack, go. I go, Thalia, Cardinal Thraben, go. <laughs> he follows up with another Swiss Spear. And then I drop... Um, how do I play after that? I think I just played like a ghostly prison. So he's got two Swiss spheres yeah. and play one mountain. I've got a ghostly prison, a Thalia Gardner Thraben. He's got one mountain in play. I've got plenty of land. <laughs> <laughs> My next play was like new Thalia. So then he goes Swiss spear again on what that one ba- that one basic mountain he had the whole time. I get a transfer down. He finally plays the second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see where this is going. So he has no good attack. I get a transfer down. And um, finally he plays a fetch land. And I go, oh, that comes into play tapped. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's right. And then I go, wasteland? Wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's mean. It's like this poor bastard. First time in the room. He's paired against me on burn. I'm on stacks with, you know, four Chalice the Void, four Transfer, four Guardian of Thalia, Guardian of Thraven, three of the. New Thalia. It was not fun for him. No. It wasn't until I dropped the uh, 
world corner that he scooped, realizing <laughs> he was never going to make another free land drops again. I feel like Ghostly <laughs> Prison, if you're burned, Ghostly Prison is just like, scoop him up and go to the next game, right? Like, I mean, it really depends on the type of scenario. Like, a Ghostly Prison doesn't stop you if you're on all spells. Sure, yeah. But when you're stuck with just three Swiss spheres in play and yeah. one mountain, yeah, that's, you should just scoop at that point. Yeah. I, I figured he was kind of staying and kind of see what my deck was doing. Yeah. Um, and, and then and game two, I started with Leyline of Sanctity in play, and then went turn one Transphere. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. So that was a rough Sadness. one from two. <laughs> so he's not coming back. He, well, no, so he, I go, I start with... I didn't start with Leyline of Sanctity, no, I played that turn two, I think. But turn one, he suspends Rift Bolt, and I go turn one Transphere. Oh. So his Rift Bolt remains in exile and subkeep. And he can't target with he can't play a spell. Oh my god. And then I followed up with Leyline of Safety, Trinisphere, Chalice, Chalice, Thalia, Thalia, World Queller. Something like that. It was not pretty. Oh I don't know who you are, person, but I am so sorry. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> that is rough. Yeah. Dating a monster. <laughs> like Ben Symes came by and he looked at the table, it was like turn three. He looked at the table and he's like, I am so sorry for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love Ben Sands. Need more of that kid. <laughs> One of the other new guys there got paired against Curtis. What was who Curtis usually on? is on interest. He was very quiet, and you know why? Because all he was saying was, "I'm gonna maze your guy." All right, keep tactical. Black pox. Oh my god! Really? With tabernacles? <laughs> I'm Actually, I should have gone that day because Tinfin sounds like it would have crushed that. That room game. had miracles, <laughs> stacks, and pox. That sounds awful. And also, <laughs> like, you guys went to time a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. Mostly just Curtis, though. That <laughs> uh, sounds awful. That does sound terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was fine. It was, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> it was also Grixis Delver. You would have been excited about that, Pat. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I switched over to Eldrazi, because I was so tired of losing to Miracles. Like, I fucking hated going up to, like, to TE and, like, just playing, like, Miracles twice and just not be, like, certainly not winning with, like, Blue Red Delver. And Grixis was, like, pretty grindy. Like, I, what I like about the Colorless Eldrazi build is just, like, it's such an ape deck. It's so easy to play. If you can count even numbers, you're probably fine. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Much. But what if you can't even? Well, then that's a problem. That's a problem. Void, win aware joke? No, okay. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got it. I just couldn't laugh at that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't understand it. It was okay. <laughs> I was mostly explaining it for you, Terry. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks. Please explain what pictures next time I tend to get those back. <laughs> That's what all the guys tell me. Jesus, Jerry, you're one of those creeps. <laughs> so, so what have you been up to, Kate? You've been playing a lot of Magic? Unfortunately, not as much as I'd like, because last week we were on a lovely vacation. That looked um, awesome, by the way. I was following. I was creeping on your Instagram. Oh my god! Great. I just so my my best friend. I'm gonna go on a tangent, and I don't even care. Owns a beach house in uh, Westerly, or her mother does. I don't care whose it is. I got to stay there full free, and it's on the ocean. It's right on the Squamacit, and let me tell you, it was heaven. <laughs> what was that word? Squamacit. <laughs> Pasquamacake? Pasquamacake? You don't know Pasquamacake? Come on, man. <laughs> All the kids are talking about Pasquamacake. It's the hot new craze. <laughs> Taylor Swift lives there. Come on, man. Get, get your act oh, together. Oh, man. Sounds fun. It was amazing. 
It was just booze and beach and what else you need in life. Booze, beach, best friend, and Beyonce. I I think I won. It was it was quite lovely. But uh, so no, no magic for me last week. The week before, I did get a hit up Acton. Um, and this week, hopefully tomorrow, we're gonna get to hit up Acton. Um, and I'm officially full time at that Z. And starting next week, I'm gonna get to start running drafts on Wednesdays. Oh, that's so, awesome! And that September fourth. This girl right here is going to be running the Worcester Legacy at that seat. So, what? Uh, if you want to come see me and play some Legacy, September fourth, put it in your calendars, boys. Is that like from Woo! September fourth on, or just September fourth? Just September fourth. Nate's, uh, Nate's not going anywhere. He's just on vacation that weekend. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, so I've just been I've been jamming, jamming Mono Green Pose. Like I I did so well with it at um, Worcester SCG that. I want to put some time into it because I feel like I did that without having put a lot of work into the deck. You know, you know me and Mud Post, I have so much trouble leaving it. So I really want to focus on playing Mono Green Post for a bit, get real good at it. So uh, going forward, like next time SCG or there's something big in town, I'll be able to really put some work in and enroll with Mono Green Post because I think I, I think I can go somewhere with it. I've done well with Mud Post and that deck's not a good deck, so. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting Kate, my metal worker tattoo anyway, though. Can't stop. Are you me. really? Yeah, I really am. Yeah. Um, probably won't be till next summer because I'm still like working on design and everything, and I want to save up for it, get it done real nice. But I, I actually am getting a metal worker tattoo. Um, it, I'm gonna get it on the inside of my ankle, like a basic bitch tattoo, because I just think a Magic the Gather <laughs> tattoo in a basic bitch spot is too funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, question: Do you have a shop picked out yet, or? I have a place in mind, but my heart isn't set on them. Okay. If you're looking for a shop, I know a great one where I've gotten a lot of my stuff done at, so. Oh, maybe you'll have to shoot it to me so I can check out the. I have a place in mind, but I'm not, like, sold on them yet. Yeah. Yeah. If you got 50 bucks, I know this guy by the airport. It's not really indoors (laughs) or anything. I need my kidneys still, so (laughs) thanks for the offer, Jerry. (laughs) Anytime. You know, if you change your mind, let me know. (laughs) Gotta get my my homeboy. And then I think I'm also going to get the Planeswalker symbol on the back of my neck. But that will be next summer. Yeah, right? I think that's pretty chill. I'm going to wait till this is really gross. I'm going to wait till after Aaron and I are married because the whole idea is Planeswalker gets their spark. So, <laughs> I, I got yeah. my, I got my, sorry, that's me throwing up. I had my, uh, my, I got my Boba Fett tattoo that's on my back after I won my first MMA fight because it's like, uh, a, like in the mythology of Star Wars, it's like a mark of honor for Mandalorian. So, you know, you I, I get, do I get nerdy MMA? with it. I did, yeah. In a, in a past life when I was, uh, Childless. Wait, but you and I Pat, will have to chat because Pat a lot of my, this weekend. my ex and a lot of and his brother and all of them do MMA, so we'll have to chat and see if we know. Yeah, people. I might know some people. <laughs> this is totally related to magic, by the way, folks. <laughs> who are listening to this? If, um, you're listening to the Tangent Show tonight. <laughs> apparently, apparently. Hey, I talked about Monocrew Post after I talked about my lovely vacation beach house, yeah. be jelly. <laughs> but no, and then the other magic thing I've done recently, I went on. I'm sure a few people have heard. I went on. Um, the awesome girlfriend back bracket and mm-hmm. got some chat about legacy with, with those amazing ladies because they don't get to cover that topic so much. So, uh, since they're not, you know, big legacy players outside of, uh, Aaron Campbell. So that was really great. I had a lot of fun doing that. Those girls are awesome. And they, they mentioned maybe me going back on again and I would love that hint, hint, wink, wink if you ladies are listening. <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed that episode. I've been listening to them since, since the inception of that show. 
and uh, they do a really great job, and you were fantastic on the show. So I'd love to see you. I'd love to see you in a recurring role or something on there where you come around and talk legacy because that is my favorite t- subject in the magic world. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're great. I like listening to them. They're the ones who I use to stay on top of uh, standard and modern. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy listening to them. They're my on the way to work on Fridays. Nice. So uh, are there any big events coming up, Jerry? I know you were kind of asking about that on the Facebook group. Uh, no, I was asking you guys. That's, that's what I was asking. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. That's what I was saying. I was saying conspiracy is a big drop for us because, like, between Eternal Masters and Conspiracy, they've been giving Legacy a lot of love. Man, Conspiracy is show sweet, and tell. Right? Oh, oh, man. so good. That new show, that not it's not new art. I know they've had that art before, but that is, like, such great, like, art for show and tell. Yeah. It's mm. like, I don't know, I am i don't really generally care about art very much, but there have been some pieces that have come out that I really am a fan of, and I love that art. Yeah. I love the uh, flavor test on it, personally. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. And it's like, it, it just speaks so much text? more to what the card does, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Read the flavor text. The show and tell original art to me is hilarious because it's like a little kid at show and tell, like, but with magic. I find it fucking hysterical. He looks like, uh, have you ever seen Tropic Thunder? Yeah. You know, like the simpleton that, like, Ben Stiller plays in a previous movie, Simple Jack? Yeah. That's what he looks like to me with that haircut. Like, that, <laughs> that, like, mop, like, the blonde mop cut, like, dopey looking haircut, but. <laughs> I'm excited for uh, Conspiracy because I love Kaya. Like, I don't know if you guys saw my article, but I am all over her. She actually makes me want to play Esper, a really? not favorite color collector. Thank of mine. you. Uh, yeah, I think she's <laughs> terrible. School Pat right now. I think she's terrible. Ah, uh, Pat. Okay, hold on. Out. So let, let's give him a chance. Did you already discuss this? We did last week, but I'm Okay, I unfortunately, I've done this episode. I will listen to tomorrow morning while I'm opening up my restaurant. Why do you hate Kaya? Why do I hate it? Why do you dislike Kaya? Yeah. Oh uh, man, I feel like the first rule of a planeswalker that to be worth to be worthwhile is like does it protect itself? Okay, and, so well let's let me, let's touch upon that real quick. Sure. So her zero ability says you exile either a target creature you control right mm-hmm. or Kaya until the next upkeep. Right. Your next upkeep. So how does she not protect herself with that ability? Well doesn't doesn't it come back at the end like at it's so your, next your next upkeep. It's not your opponent's upkeep or the next the it. next upkeep. It's your next upkeep. So she's gone for your opponent's turn. No creatures are attacking her and killing her. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know, man. I just... Well, no, I mean, that that's still a fair point, you know, like, unless you want to lose two life every turn, in which case you're taking a swing from a creature because she's not going to give you that ability where your opponent goes, oh, well, I'll just attack your Planeswalker. You essentially gain life because I'm not attacking you now. Plus, you lose two life. Sure. So let's say a true name's going to come at her. So you zero her. True name comes at you. You lose three life from the true name attacking. You lose two life from her coming and her ability. So I, I can get that. Yeah. That's still fair. But what else do you not like about her? Um, I, I just feel like the uh, her abilities are kind of limited. Like, the, the minus one ability seems kind of weak to me. Like, the drain two, gain two, it's kind of like, all right, that's fine, I guess. Um, the minus two is like I guess okay. I don't know. It just seems like for for four mana, if like you want to minus two her, like it's I don't know. I just, I want to play him instead and be down like because you're really. I mean, are you really up a card if you're if you're playing a card to draw a card? Like I think that's kind of like a push. So I mean, like know? kind of think about like 
think about her abilities and the decks that they're gonna go in now though. Well, what do you, like, wait, hold on. Go back to that statement. What do you call brainstorm or ponder? No, that's card selection though. So we can't even talk about. We can't even like that's Jerry. That was stupid. Don't even say that. That's. <laughs> Like, <laughs> no, it's like, that, it's a cantrip. That is what cantrips do, and also she gets no. value Pond- each and every turn past that. Ponders, ponders a lot more strength than a cantrip, and so is brainstorm. Okay, yes, those are the extreme examples, but all the other cantrips that I've seen play over the years, you know, not much like Gitaxian Probe. How about that? Gitaxian Probe is you look at their hands and draw a card. Uh, right? uh, in all fairness, Jerry, you can't include that because. Having knowledge of what your play your opponent's playing with is huge in Legacy. Mm-hmm. Right. If you it's know what true. your opponent's on and what they're doing from the start, especially if you're like one of the players that like you got couple therapy in your hand and you're about to figure out what your opponent's running, mm-hmm. it's it, that's hard to compare. In all fairness, right? It's no, I'm I'm exaggerating to to show the point though. What I'm saying is that you can't just discard it. She she draws cards. She is a card drawing engine. No, I I don't. I wouldn't call it. I mean. I don't know. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> like it just your Trump sound. Your 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 argument sounds very Trump centric. Well, that's yeah. the thing is like it's not. I can't give you. I don't know. This this is gonna sound really stupid. And I'm probably gonna get lambasted for this, but it's more like a feeling I have that this is just not an adequate planeswalker. This is clearly a planeswalker that's pushed for multiplayer formats because all the things are like are worth. I mean, certainly the the minus one and minus two are significantly more power multiplayer than they are in a heads up format. Right, like each opponent loses two life, and you well, gain yeah, two it's life. Yeah, for conspiracy, which is a multiplayer, is right. for a multiplayer format. Ex- exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I this like uh, this just seems like it's I don't know much better in a multiplayer game, and I just don't think that a format of Planeswalker that's not Jace like is it does it reach <laughs> that level? You know? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be Jace. Jace. It could also be Tezzeret. Yeah, it could be Tezzeret, it could be but, Elspeth, it but, could be Garrick. But, it right, doesn't but, have okay, to be Jace just because it costs But mana. all three of those cards have ultimates that win you the game, and this card will never win you the game. I mean, Liliana will never win you the game, and she's the most played Planeswalker. Actually, I would say she is more played than Jace. She doesn't win the game. That's probably accurate. Yeah, that's fair. But that's also in a deck where, I mean, it's, a, it's also a three-mana Planeswalker. It's not a four-mana Planeswalker, which I think is relevant. It's relevant, but I think you guys are you're you're selling it sh- way short here. No. It yeah. doesn't need to be Jace just because it's a four drop. Yeah, it's it goes in its own styles of decks. Like I think this card is very cool because she is a build around me planeswalker the same way that Tezzeret is a build around me planeswalker. I agree, and like I think hating on Kaya because she doesn't have an ultimate like kind of just ignores the abilities she does have. And comparing to Jace is like. Why isn't every creature true name Nemesis? Like, that's just <laughs> no, like, why that, isn't but... every creature Tarmogoyf? Like, well, well but, come on, that's he... the OP examples. Like, we want good, but, like, there's going to be broken cards like Jace and Tarmogoyf. Yeah. But not every single card but, is broken. Like, but, you still run but, Ornithopter or, you right, know, but, other creatures that are good without being broken. So, I guess, so I guess like, I, I agree, like, like the creatures that can play in Legacy are are fall into two categories, right? They're either broken, like they're just the best of the best, or they have extreme synergy in a in a deck. And so maybe maybe there's a deck that Kaya has this crazy synergy with that I'm not seeing, right? But 
I mean, certainly that's the deck that's going to have to fit into, because it's not a broken Planeswalker by any stretch of the imagination. obviously didn't read my article, because I no. definitely wrote an awesome... <laughs> Both me and Kate wrote, de- wrote brews of sick decks that Kaya would go into, and I have other decks that I want to write about, but I can't, because it's a bit Kaya overload. <laughs> I did read Jerry's article, I skimmed it, I didn't read yours yet, Kate, I will though. I just um, tweeted it at you, so you have no choice now. <laughs> Literally what? just tweeted it at you, it's Kaya Control. I so. I want to tell you that this, I hate playing Esper. I don't like Esper decks. No offense to Esper players. I just don't like them. I don't think they're great. Blah, blah, blah. I brewed an Esper deck just for her. Ask Aaron. I sat down and was like, how can I make this be? I even tried junk and I was like, not working. Come to me, Esper. And it is, it is good stuff. I want to make black white uh, dead guy ale with uh, Eldrazi displacer. That's where I yeah, started. Eldra- Eldrazi displacer and containment priest. Like that just seems like so much fun to me. Ask Aaron. That's where I started. Is trying to make like a black white dead guy ale thing. I just like the ETB triggers. They're so much fun. Yeah. Plus, you get to play Revel Arc with her. Oh god, I didn't think about that. I just ended up running Snap, Stoneforge, Thalia, Click, Fencer. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, I still think the best is Stonehorn, Stonehorn Dignitary. <laughs> get out. Just Card. fog for the rest of the game. <laughs> gotta get out, Jerry. Get out. Nope, everyone's in the, everyone's in the lock. No one's getting out of the lock. <laughs> Great. Uh, I don't know, like, even... Even her, like, she doesn't have a plus. The only way to plus her is the zero. And that's, like, that seems like is such a lackluster thing to do. No, I, I, Jerry, if you just heard what I said, <laughs> the only way to plus her is her zero. That is literally the words I just said. Yeah, but her zero that, is I a plus four. Plus. It's a plus yes. four. Like, what other plane, uh, planeswalkers have a plus four? Yeah, but, like, uh, yeah, you're going to plus four to okay, use, like, Karn. these yeah, crafty she's abilities as good as more times. <laughs> as powerful as Karn, then. <laughs> so it's a plus four. You, they know. could attack her. And to be they fair, could... how often does Pat play with planeswalkers that aren't Jays? Let's be real. I don't even, J- Pat Pat even play Jays. Except in standard. <laughs> no, I've never even played Jays. So you don't even play with planeswalkers. I mean, I used to. I don't anymore. I don't want to play. <laughs> your opinion all get, of a sudden means unless very they're colorless. <laughs> <laughs> I've played against plenty of Jaces to understand the power level of a Jace. You don't have to play the card to know the power of the card. That's true. Try being on Pox Face and now Jace. That's not fun. <laughs> I have zero ways to answer saying, that. I'm just saying the man just... who tells me he doesn't play Planeswalkers and earlier said he doesn't brew, I think us three are just going to go play in the corner with our Kayas and <laughs> celebrate. I know. Well, that's the thing. Is like I hate to say, like I hate to be the negative Nancy because I'm on right now. I'm on a cast with three people who like. Your mind's going a million miles a minute when you see a new card, and I'm just waiting for like the next update on MTG Top Eight, like an idiot. Oh, so I, 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 I get it. I get it. I like I, I, re- I appreciate and I respect and I love the fact that you guys brew. I just don't see the power on this card. However, however, I'm, a, I'm, a, I consider myself a pretty humble person and a reasonable person. And if if I'm wrong, I'm happy to eat crow. I would, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm happy to, to give you guys props. I just. It's hard for me to understand that this card. It's hard for me to imagine this card doing big things, or even like being a part of a, of a, a significant deck in the legacy format. It's just hard for me to understand that. But I can get that though. Like I'm just. I hope you know I'm just giving you a hard time. But um, on a serious note, like living with Aaron, who like I'm. I'm not kidding you, people. 
24-7 is, like, brewing decks. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not a joke. Like, we'll, we're, we're doing anything. I'll go visit him at, at work and he's on his break and he'll be eating his lunch, talking to me and posting on MTG Salvation or brewing a deck <laughs> at all times. Like, that is him 24-7. So for me, like, a new card will come out and he'll be like, oh my god, this, this, and this. And I'll just, like, find, like, five cards and I'll be like, those are cool. I want to play with those. So I got you. Like, those, like I find Jerry and Aaron intimidating, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm like a... You what, Pat? Is he dead? You're gone? Oh, God. Bye bye Pat! Bye bye <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't brew, man, but I like people who do, so that's why you guys are great. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway. Alright, so, before any other issues occur... Let's go to what we do have to cover tonight. Yes! So that way, if we cannot finish this cast... <laughs> we'll oh, yeah, I forgot about the, Mur- the Murphville question. Yeah, for our listeners, we're on my call number seven. You guys <laughs> <laughs> okay, wonder why this is really cut up and sounds super fake? <laughs> like it was recorded over three days. As it was. Almost two hours. Uh, okay, Murphville question. Here we go. Uh, so... We received a question from a awesome listener. Uh, I'm just going to read it off here. Hi, this is Jared. I love the podcast. I'm new to Legacy. I'm about to finish Merfolk, so I have some questions about the deck. And then he lists them off, so uh, we're going to address this quick. And if anyone else out there has a specific deck that they want to know a little bit more about, you know, feel free to get in contact with us, and uh, we'll see what we can do. All right, we guys, re- you guys ready? Yeah. Ready when you are. All right. First question. So, what are the strengths of the deck, and what are the weaknesses? You have the freedom to scoop at any point in time. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Jesus. All right, Patrick, on you. We're, we're going to do this lightning round style. Correct. You guys don't see it, but I have a buzzer, and when I hit the buzzer, it's going to switch to the other person. Oh God! Does that mean you're just gonna hang up on us? Is that how that works? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna uh, hang so up. Terry, you don't need to help him there. <laughs> um, uh, the, so the strengths of Merfolk. I mean, I'm not um, overly familiar with the matchups, but I think just in the construction of the deck itself, like it seems like a very consistent deck. Um, one of the nice things about it is that you don't need a bunch of duels, so it's on the less expensive side. I mean, you'll need you'll need your Aether Vials, and you're gonna need your Force of Wills, and you're gonna need your. All right, your... Kate, what's uh, what's uh, the strengths of the deck? Go. Strengths. Um, I don't feel like there's a lot of which I mean I love playing tribal decks, but I feel like Merfolk's one of the weaker ones. Um, but it does run true name nemesis, which just a lot of decks just straight can't beat once it drops. So that and Cavernous Souls makes a, uh, the matchup a lot stronger for ben, a lot of people. Aaron, I don't... Go ahead. Jerry, you motherfucker. <laughs> strengths of Merfolk are when you're playing against other decks that are fair decks that are blue. Alright, that's all we need. <laughs> I didn't realize we were in lightning round over here. I said lightning round three times. <laughs> they got more time than I did. And I was I actually like being constructive. It, it varies on my interest. Jared, I know. <laughs> I'm doing it Jared, for the ratings, people. Jared, I know you're tired, but I think Jared deserves like an actual I'm answer. Not... Fu- I'm not tired. I'm trying to have fun here. <laughs> All right, then it's you know like, what? It's you like Sports us- Center. It's Sports Center. You got ten seconds to uh, 
to explain, and then they switch you mean, it on you. Do you mean you. Around the Horn? Yeah, whatever that show is. It's the, not the, sports. I mean, sports I mean, sports <laughs> Yeah, Sports Center is a show on ESPN, but it's not Around the Horn. Sports ball. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I see, I've seen it in bars. I mean, I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't think you know what you're talking about. And there, you're done. Uh, okay, Aaron, what are the weaknesses of the deck? Oh, God. All right, so some <laughs> weaknesses of the deck are combo. Um, depending on what kind of combo. Storm's actually okay. You got, like, Force of Will. You can sideboard into Flush Storm, things of that nature. Um, you also get Chalice, Bainboard, in most builds, which is great against, like, quick combo decks like Storm, um, Oops All Spells, stuff like that. Um, shutting down the one-drops is very good. Having Force of Will for their kind of one-off, you know, I win button is great. Um, and then just de- like other fair decks can be kind of weak, like non-blue fair. Cause, like Jun's really good against Merfolk. Uh, Death and Taxes, in my experience, has been great against Merfolk. Merfolk does have those draws where you drop like a couple true names in a row plus a Lord, and that's a little tougher to deal with. But overall, I've always found that the matchup favorable Death and Taxes. So I've always considered that a weakness for Merfolk. Okay. And that's about it. Bat, what's the weaknesses of the deck? Um, yeah, I kind of would sort of echo a lot of what Aaron said. Um, I'd also say, like, it's a pretty linear strategy, so if you're playing against a deck that doesn't really care about your creatures on turns two and turns three, anything that's, like, a fast combo, you're probably going to have a hard time with it, because your only permission are, like, Curse Catchers and Force of Wills. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Preemptively striking down the the lightning round, Jerry. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Kate, go ahead. Um, most of my experience playing against Merfolk has been while I've been on post, um, and I feel like it's a pretty easy matchup. Like, the downside for Merfolk is while you can have a pretty explosive opening, like being really quick with some spells, unless it's it's really, really strong and explosive and your opponent's going slow, um, I feel like they can't really really keep the momentum going. Like, I feel like their strongest thing they really have most of the time ends up being true name. And if you're a post, well, I've got Ugin, so I'm wiping your board. So I've I've had a lot of luck against the deck, <laughs> um, and which is why I'm really not a fan of it. I do love the idea of um, tribal decks. I really do. But um, our folk definitely, definitely has some tough matchups to face uh, if they want to do well. Nice. I'm going to add something in here just because I don't think I heard any of you say it, but I could be wrong. I, I was just cutting you off immediately. <laughs> but uh, that's okay. Uh, I would say one of Merfolk's greatest strengths is it's consistent. You're a monocolor deck where pretty much every card in your deck does the same thing. So you don't mulligan very often, and when you do eh. mulligan, you mulligan. <laughs> That's up, Jerry. Sorry. Nah, We're going right. to go on to uh, Jerry. What do you think its weaknesses are? <laughs> uh, weaknesses, I would say it uh, it just it doesn't top out very well. You know, Legacy is a very powerful format, and Merfolk is not one of the more powerful. Eh, things you're you just copying what I said. All right, guys, let's move on. <laughs> Eat it, Jerry. Eat it. <laughs> uh, no, in all honesty, we really. None of us really got to touch upon the strengths of the deck, so I think that, Jerry, you should go into the strength of the deck for this guy that's legitimately asking questions about it. Yeah, I would just say uh, that the deck is very good at 
playing the same game every game. You're, most of your games are going to be very similar to the ones that came before. You're going to play a bunch of creatures, you're going to disrupt them a little bit, and then you're just going to beat face. So Merfolk is a very easy deck to learn, and it's a very new legacy player friendly, not just for learning the deck, but for learning legacy as a format. Uh, so I think it's a great deck for new uh, legacy players to play because you're going to be exposed to a bunch of different cards you've never seen before, and it's hard enough learning new cards your opponents are playing without having to worry about the cards that in your own deck that you're playing. Um, I would say that's probably one of the biggest strengths of it. Uh, I, I think what also sums up is it's not as big now, but when Wastelands and Blood Moons are running rampant, it feels really good to be a monocolored deck. That can go iffy, though. Yeah. Those are on, like, the four Wastelands, four Big Vaults, four Cavern, or whatever. Right. So, depending on it's what like, It's like that awkward mana base where sometimes you're, all your basic islands are great against those decks, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're like, okay, I have one island, Eda Vault, Cavern of Souls, and I can't cast a single one of my lords. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the deck is relatively straightforward, and it's definitely a good deck to start into the format with. And it's... You know, don't let the naysayers say you're wrong. I, you know, if Merfolk wins a tournament, I'm not really surprised. Uh, because in matchups where you're versing just Delvers all day, like, you, like having just unblockable 5-5s five is pretty awesome. <laughs> you just got to hope you dodge the combo matchups just like the other guys. That's fair. Yeah. That was actually a really good assessment on Jerry's part. Yeah. Surprisingly, Jerry seemed like he was prepared for that question. I know, right? Speaking of lines. <laughs> I didn't prepare at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ready for question two? Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, so uh, what does this type of deck prey on? Okay, so what are the favorable matchups? We kind of touched on that a little bit, but anyone? Fair blue decks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what type of meta does Merfolk do well in? Uh, I'm also going to say fair blue deck metas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The metas with a lot of Delver, a lot of, like, even Miracles, I think, it's probably a favorite against. Yeah, just the just fact that, that you're, you got Cavern of Souls, Ooh. you got True Names, you got Lord Effects, you got Vile. All I, those things are great strengths against Miracles. I think the Mutavolt version in particular is really good against uh, Miracles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It certainly helps not overextending. Yeah. Uh, next question, or did anyone have anything to add? No, that seems about right. So, here's an interesting one. What is a matchup that you're looking to avoid entirely? Like, which matchups are you just straight up dead to? Mm, I would think, like, a a deck like Eldrazi would be tough for Merfolk. Uh, Unless they're, like, uh, I mean, True Names Plus... True Names plus Lords can be really tough for Eldrazi. Yeah, if but, on the I mean, again, it, it comes down to Eldrazi's deck that if you stumble at all, you lose. Yeah. So if Merfolk does stumble, like if you end up getting stuck on Island, you develop, you develop for a few turns, you you just lost that game. Yeah. And like, and I mean, you're not swinging with True Name until turn four anyway. So sometimes by turn four, you're just dead against Eldrazi. Yeah. You're probably not swinging a true name, but yeah. Is is there any like combo decks that Merfolk is just straight up dead to though? Because I, mean, I think Dredge crushes Merfolk. Uh yeah, especially if they're running Personally. Iona in the sideboard. I mean, I, I don't think you need Iona in that matchup. You get like an Elishnorn in play, and they lose. Yeah, is turn to Elishnorn like I, I guess like Merfolk. The only way Merfolk can kill its own creature, well, I guess they can sack the Curse Catchers to kill the Bridge from Blows, but that's only if you're flashing stuff back. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I've actually I've never seen that matchup before, so I'm actually really interested to see how that plays out. I mean, honestly, even so, like, it's like, yeah, sure, Bridgemill's great and all, but, I mean, even just what Dredge is doing in general, like, turn one, you get, like, you know, six power on board. Turn two, you're probably going to get another, like, you know, ten power on board. That's all you need to beat Merfolk at that point. I mean, that's a very aggressive Dredge start, though. It's not <laughs> it's not usual for Dredge to have six power on the board turn I mean, one. I've watched LED Dredge countless times go turn one, kill you. I mean, yeah, it can happen, but that's not, like... You yeah. shouldn't expect that. Yeah, I yeah, just, I don't know, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think Dredge is the deck that wouldn't be favored against Merfolk. Like, you get your Icarid beat down plan, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. If Merfolk tries to turn around and get on the aggressive, like, you got Icarids with haste, and then you got, like, your combo turn, so. I'm not, I'm not know. arguing with you. I, I think yeah. it is, it is, you know, definitely in the matchup. <clears throat> I just don't think Dredge crushes Merfolk. Maybe not. I don't know. I actually haven't seen that matchup that much, but it feels like a matchup. I mean, Dredge generally can prey on blue decks because it doesn't care about counter magic. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking the same. And that's thing usually that the one thing Marfo well. like. That's the one thing like Marfo's not strong on anyway. Yeah. But. Eh, I don't we gotta know. get Aaron on this pass, Aaron Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, she would have known. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, I'm I'm still picking up Dredge by the reins here. It's. I I'm definitely feel much better at it than I was when I first picked up the deck, but there's still like these all these moments where I like I do a turn and I'm like I'm a fucking idiot. Why did I do those things in that order? <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Luck sacking can only get you so far, Jerry. Exactly. I guess. <laughs> the worst is Cabal therapy. Um, so many times I do this with fucking Python needle too. Triple fighter blast. That was pretty good. Well, I, oh, yeah, early. I don't know if that made it on the cast, but I, I could ball therapy to name Triple Fire Blast, so that felt good against Burn. <laughs> but I do this all the time with Cabal Therapy and Pything Needle on Magic Online. I'll cast it, and then I'm like, I'm casting a Pithing Needle. I'm typing in Pithing Needle and then hitting Enter. My Pithing Needle is now on Pithing Needle. You really do that? <laughs> all the fucking time! <laughs> Cabal ther- I'm casting Cabal Therapy. I'm typing in Cabal Therapy and then hitting Enter. It's like, you know how you just type so fast your brain doesn't even think? You're just like... Uh, no, I mean when I'm casting those cards, I'm usually thinking about what I want to name. I don't, I can't, I can't say I've done it that way, but I mean, it could happen, sure. Oh boy, uh, I didn't I understand can... what you were saying the other day about that either. No, I know. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I can believe Jerry does that. <laughs> <laughs> no, some Love you, Jerry, saying, uh, like TSG or LSV or what, one of them was saying the same thing. Ah. Humbug. Humbug. I have kept like uh like an opener of like two Ayavugans thinking that they were actually Eldrazi temples. <laughs> so I have, like two lands in my opener that actually don't produce any mana when tapped, so that was fun. Well, I mean, and that's I, lands I, of that. I've done that with Scrubland and Savannah, but that's because I'm colorblind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, were there any other questions that he had? Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Why uh, did last I send one. these questions into this podcast? <laughs> Best sideboard advice and the spicy tech. FYI, got sent this got this sent to me. Request to cover merfolk. I don't know what that last sentence means, <laughs> but spicy oh. sideboard advice. <laughs> oh man, I feel like I'd have to know the deck better to have spicy sideboard advice. Yeah, I'm not Same. that familiar with the deck. I know sometimes they run like Relic of Progenitus, Surgical Extraction, or like Tormod's Crypt. Mm-hmm. For some of the graveyard strategies, um, 
your your options are limited because blue is not really known for its sideboard cards. Yeah. Like white and green, like those are where you get some really spicy sideboard cards. Blue, not so much. Uh, Back to Basics is a big sideboard card. I know a lot of our folk. Yeah, that's spicy. The blue blood hell. moon. <laughs> um, if you're uh, really having trouble with like burn, chills can be good. For the combo matchup, especially Storm, uh, Arcane Laboratory is pretty hilarious. Arcane Laboratory is very good. I hate that card so much. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's two and a blue for an enchantment. Players can only play one spell each turn. That's the blue <laughs> rule of law if you're more familiar with the more contemporary white version yeah. of that. But it's great because you play Aether Vial, so you don't care about casting cards. You're just vialing in creatures left and right. <laughs> That's right. You're still so smart, Jerry. Yeah. It also makes every counter uncounterable, because if you just save your Force of Wills <laughs> with Arcane Laboratory, they play a spell, and you're like, Force of Will. Oh, I force back. You can't. I have an Arcane Laboratory. You already played a spell this turn. <laughs> um, I love Arcane Laboratory, and I think Aaron should tell you guys why. <laughs> no, I should we should get to that after this, if we get to that at all. I, th- I think we're uh, I think we're wrapping up, Merfolk. We can segue into a story. Yeah. Okay. So, so I I know I mentioned on the Leaving Legacy page, but I mentioned that I've been dabbling in High Tide a little bit recently. I'm kind of <laughs> off the deck now because Miracles is an absolute miserable matchup. So I've taken a hiatus from High Tide. I was really enjoying the deck. I got lately. There's been like three or four Miracles decks in the room at the meta that hates on blue decks (laughs) so it's been really weird to see them and high tide is not exactly top tier at the moment so i don't tend to be at the top tables at that meta (laughs) but uh neither do the miracles decks (laughs) (laughs) so whereas usually even if i lose a game or or a round or two i tend to end up winning my last two or three rounds because i'm always the winner of the losers (laughs) <laughs> Not in this meta. That little in humble brag. I tend to get hated on because I'm a blue deck, and then I get played, paired against Miracles, which is a terrible matchup. Well, except but, for round one. <laughs> so round one, one tournament. Kate was running her uh, mono blue twelve post list that she posted on the that she wrote an article about, and um, well, in the sideboard of that deck, there are four Force of Wills, three Fluster Storms, and three Arcane Laboratories. Jeez. <laughs> so, the deck that runs like 12 blue cards in main board that can never support Force of Will, I get paired against this deck. Game one, Chalice, Transfer Hit, and stuff like that, and I'm in deep shit. I can't, I can't win. Game two, it's a turn two Arcane Laboratory, which I no, forced. Tur- it, we realize it's turn three. It was I turn had three, excuse me, on. yeah. So, she casts Arcane Laboratory. I go to force that, because I can't let that resolve as a combo deck that has to you know, fire off a mass amount of spells. Um, to which she forces back pitching force, I think. No, I pitched um, pitching fairy mechanist. No, fairy mechanist. Fairy mechanist, okay. So I'm like, okay, well, just one force. No way. What's that? Is this Modern Masters draft? You're playing fairy mechanist? <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. I gotta send you that list. <laughs> so... She pitches, she force pitches Fairy Mechanist. I'm thinking, okay, I have a second force. There's no way. No way she's casted a blue spell, used a force spell, and pitched another blue spell. There's no way, even if she has another force, she can ever use it. So I force that pitching, <laughs> I think, a, I don't know, a brainstorm or something. And she forces back pitching a flush. 
No, I just fluster storm. Oh, you fluster? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it's like there's no way I ever, out of a million years, think that deck can possibly force pitching something, force pitching something, and fluster storm. Welcome, guys. It was ridiculous. Good. It was bomb. I looked at my opening hand and I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything. And then I realized, and neither will he. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and then Wormcoil Engine came down. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not beating this. (laughs) And then Kate flipped the table and said, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. (laughs) (laughs) You there? You don't usually go on Tuesdays. Is that one of the random ones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> you guys, by the way, should definitely check out... I call it my Blue Mud Post list. There's two articles about it in my column. And I... it I am obsessed with trying to make this work. I have yet to figure out exactly what it needs. But I'm trying to make Mud Post have card draw and be good because Metalwork is my homeboy. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'd be interested in that. I mean, that's always been the biggest problem with Mud is that it just loses steam and if it doesn't get the right cards. Yeah, and I've tried a lot of the colorless options, and they're just they're they they help, but they're not what I think the deck needs. Um, and the blue version is is interesting to say the least, and I I think. The deck has potential. <laughs> yeah, just... I, I say the majority of games Mud loses, it loses to itself. Like, most... Yeah, most that's 100% correct. Yeah, most decent Mud hands can beat pretty much any other deck in the format. It's just, how often can you get a decent hand? doesn't even have well, to be good, it just needs to be decent. <laughs> that's the thing, I feel like, at the very least, Mud almost always should have a really good turn one or turn two like if you're playing mud and you're looking at your hand and you don't have a really explosive turn one play or turn two play then you have to mulligan like it's all about getting out that trinosphere getting out that chalice and then taking your damn fucking time making it a play that just like owns everything um but unfortunately sometimes that just takes way too fucking long um, and that's really where the deck loses, which is why, like, I love the deck because nothing feels better than hardcasting Emrakul, but you got to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure, like, going curving turn one uh, Trinisphere into, like, turn two Lodestone Golem will beat. I don't. I cannot name a single deck that can beat that starter. Like, yeah, if, if I mean, both of those resolve. So, my first SCG that I, like, did well-ish at. I got like 40th, right? I'm sitting down at the last round. That'll decide whether I get top 64, i.e. make some money, right? And I I sit down, and I turn one Trinosphere, turn two Chalice at one. I didn't see a... My, my opponent, I just like killed him on like turn five with like Worm Coil Engines or whatever, or I don't even know. And then game, game two comes around, and I do the same fucking thing. And I didn't see one card for my opponent except a couple fetch lands. Yeah. Literally, that's... That's all I saw. I did the same thing game two. And he finished, and I was like, were you, like, on Storm? And he was like, yeah, I just wanted to rage scoop at this point. But, like, because <laughs> this was, like, make or break, I felt like I had to play it out. 
And he was like, not that playing it out really meant anything. And I felt so bad this game. Game two, like, I wasn't positive what he was on, right? And, like, when you don't know, like, you get that, like, really nervous feeling that even when you have, like, seven worm coil engines, you're like, I'm going to lose somehow. So I, I drew a pitting needle, and I played it, and named his fucking fetch land like an asshole. <laughs> And I know this kid, and to this day, I feel bad about that, but I was so scared of losing and getting dream crushed. Yeah, but it's like, it doesn't even matter what he was on. Like, almost any deck he could have had in his hands would have lost to that opening. Yeah, that's why it's so good. Uh, That's why Metalworker will always be my best friend, but it needs card draw, which is why I've been playing with Blue a little bit, get some thirst for knowledge up in this joint. Oh man, thirst for knowledge. Drown Yard. Uh, yeah, Piffany at the Drown Yard also feels real damn good. Jeez. There's, a, there's like a few blue cards that are more than one CMC, believe it or not, guys, that actually do draw cards. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, once you can just make a shit ton of mana, drawing cards gets easy. You, yeah. You could play Stroke of Genius if you wanted. <laughs> um, I, I just tweeted at you the two lists that I was playing. Including the one that that shut down Aaron. <laughs> Good. So bad. Um, Inkwell Leviathan, by the way, champion. Hell yeah! Do you play oh Transmute Artifact? Uh, did I have that? We in the considered list? it in one of the original lists, but it ended oh, up not great. making the final cut. Yeah. Really? It seems so good. <laughs> that's what I thought too, but it ended up being kind of a bit of a weak link in the deck. I am running Tez the Seeker, so I've got some got some artifact funness going on it's i just i don't know it just didn't feel right yeah it's fine it, it's uh, uh, i just love it so <laughs> just sweet sweet legends it, cards it was it was originally on my list it just didn't make the cut. There's just too many good artifact blue cards, which seems like crazy to me. The person who doesn't really love playing blue is now like, give it to me. I want all blue. Force of will, four force of will in my sideboard. Come to me. <laughs> <laughs> which, when I brewed this deck, every single person who looked at it was like, there is not enough blue for force of will in your deck. Um, and I did not have an issue once when I sideboarded it in. Not one time. You just channel that Jerry Me luck. Apparently. <laughs> Called Luxac. All you need. I've been practicing. I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. How much blue did I end up with in the deck? So three. I think five. you're up to like 19 in the 75 now. Oh, that is not a lot. <laughs> it's still tight, but it was at like 14. 11. No, I'm only seeing 11. Well, I'm including the sideboard. Oh, yeah, including sideboard. 19, including the sideboard. That's surprising you never had an issue with Force of Will. Not once. Literally not once. I never drew... It was never a dead draw for me. You also gotta remember, like, Kate's not, like, going turn one Delver. That's minus one blue card she can touch. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, the blue card... She's not going, like, turn one Delver, turn two, like, Ponder, maybe Brainstorm as well. And she's down to, like, you know, like, five of her 20 blue cards are gone. She's Mm -hmm. down to 15. She's still at, like, 17 to 19 blue cards post-board, mm-hmm. even after turn two or three. Yeah. So she has a much higher chance after the first couple turns to still have the requisite amount of cards she needs to pitch to forcible compared to most blue decks that are casting multiple blue spells early in the game, and then they're down cards as a result. Yeah. Makes sense. 
So she might cast like a fairy mechanist turn three or four to like dig for some more artifacts. But that's like one blue card down. She still had 18 blue cards in her in her deck after that. Mm-hmm. Which is why she probably has had better luck than a lot of people run, running that many blue spells. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. He's, he's got this worded better than me. Because I mean like thought cast and third for knowledge, like I'm not casting those right away. Like no matter what, you know, I'm sitting on those for a bit. Same with Tez. Uh, Inkwell Leviathan's like a big bomb for the end. Like, my early stuff is all colorless. My late stuff is blue. Which is what, which is what I feel like Mudpost wants. Like we were saying, Mudpost is really explosive at the beginning. At the end is where it peters out. So that's kind of makes sense why I would throw the blue farther into the list instead of at the beginning because at the end of the day, like, Mudpost is very strong and needs no changes to the early list. It's the late game that Mudpost needs work on. Mm-hmm. Good. It's a very interesting deck. It's fun though. It's the best deck. The best. The dark side. The best. Around. Oh, oh, my God. I keep you down. All right, oh, that's Jesus. been it for this week. Believe me when I say. Any rounds up for Jerry? Uh, <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, it's getting pretty late. Uh, you guys want to wrap this up? No. I think I'm just about ready to wrap it up. Personally. Nice. No. I will note, Pat. You'll be excited about this. I don't know if you saw the. Uh, the Legacy Classic this weekend at the Invitational. No, I didn't. Top 16 had one, two, three, four, four Colossal Drazi lists. Wow. I'll have to check them out. Sounds yeah, like you'll it. be excited, I'm sure. I'm not excited. That's really lame. <laughs> Mantle Stretch got second. Really? Mantle yeah. Stretch. Ugh. Interesting. Gross. Um, you guys want to get into some scoops? Scoops! I, I kind of do. Real quick, is... Is Adrian joining us on the cast tonight? Adrian yeah, is he, not joining us. he'll be here later. <laughs> I'll just stay on the call then. Is <laughs> up what you need to do? I'll wait. Um, uh, yeah, you guys want to get on some scoops? Yeah. All right. Wow. Fine, I'll go first on scoops. I'm going to scoop you guys in for letting us come on because, as uh, Jerry will attest to you, I just messaged him on Twitter and I'm like, yo, when are we going on the cast again? <laughs> um, and I want to scoop in Aaron Campbell because... Uh, she's been a champ for me lately, um, and she's been super nice and appreciate what she's been doing. Um, oh man, there's one more person. Oh well, uh, I'm gonna scoop in Aaron because I love the shit out of him. Oh, that's so cute. That was the name. We're gross. <laughs> what is? I'm not scooping Kate. <laughs> Are you gonna dream crush uh, Kate? <laughs> what's that? Dream crush Kate? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna dream crush Kate. Weddings off. Two hour. Weddings off. <laughs> nah, it's fine. She'll get over it. She's hardy. <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna scoop on you guys. Let us come on the cast again, because you know I know I crap on you guys every week when I listen to your podcast and tell you all how you're wrong and all that. Because <laughs> well, he loves you. But I, I mean, you're not you. wrong. You, I mean, <laughs> you do a great job, honestly. Um, I mean, some, I really love the cast. Right. There's a reason I listen every week. You know, it's always enjoyable, even if it's a little, sometimes a little hectic. Um. <laughs> But you guys are always a pleasure, so I'll scoop you both in. Um, and then I'm going to scoop in, you know, I'm going to scoop in Adrian, because even though he's not here, even though I haven't talked to him in a while, it's always a pleasure to deal with Adrian, so I would happily scoop him in Tati today. Uh, other than that, yeah, screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against the advice of the person in the opening that's going to play. I'm going to scoop in my mom. Because, <laughs> uh, you know... It's top eight and stuff, but I'm still going to scoop her in. I mean, we never said you couldn't scoop her in. We're just saying, like, 
you don't have, you don't have to. to. Like, just because yeah. it's your mom and it's top eight of the SG, <laughs> you don't have to scoop her in. <laughs> Uh, that's we gotta get uh, Frankie back on here. Actually, I was gonna say yeah, I'm gonna scoop in Kate and Aaron because I love having you guys on. It's awesome to see you guys. Great part of the legacy community up here, and you're always great to talk to. And then the other person I want to scoop in Frankie because that guy's a fucking riot, man. <laughs> He's so funny. He's so funny. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jer? Uh, I'm gonna scoop in Jared for uh, sending us those Murphy questions. Uh, gonna scoop in a new roommate, guys. I got a new roommate. His name's well, his him. name's Diego. He's from Brazil. He speaks a little bit of English, so we're gonna see how this works. <laughs> <laughs> As I said before, God. Uh, he likes Star Wars. He came over to check out the apartment, and he saw a Star Wars poster, and he's like, "Oh, we have similar interests." And then he just points at his hand, and I think he's like trying to give me a fist bump. I'm like, "Yeah, man, Star Wars." And I fist bump him, and he looks like looks at his fist, and he looks at me kind of weird. And he goes, "No," and he points, and he has a Boba Fett ring. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, this guy can't be all bad. <laughs> like, except for the awkward fist bump nice no, we started off on a good foot that's gonna basically gonna be how the entire relationship is for its existence <laughs> at least you didn't do like the gay ball socket where someone goes for the fist bump the other one goes for the high five <laughs> thank <laughs> god like, you explained that because my mind was racing with what the naked <laughs> ball socket. socket was the gay ball socket yeah someone goes to give you a fist bump the other person goes to, like, high-five, and they just end up grabbing the person's <laughs> fist with an open palm and, like, shaking it. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to do that on purpose right from now, now on. It's actually, like, it's just a one-upper if someone gives you, like, the dead fish handshake, you know? <laughs> you a ball socket. Because, you get like, in order to, like, hit it, like, all the time, you have to pretend to go for the fist bump, then they return the fist bump, then you switch to the open palm and grab their hand. Oh, so there's many levels of deception. Oh, Dude, it's a fucking alpha dog. It's an alpha dog handshake for sure. <laughs> of course. That is savage, man. I want to scoop in the uh, the naked ball fist job thing. <laughs> it's a gay ball socket. Gay ball socket, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Uh, nice. All right, Jerry. Scooping death and taxes for making Jerry's life miserable. Uh, <laughs> also, I want to say, I want to anti-scoop in Aaron. Fuck Aaron. <laughs> Multiple times a week, I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to ban Aaron from the group. That'll show him. That'll show his smarmy ass. <laughs> but I hold back. I hold back. And I'm like, no, that's not the good thing. That's not what Captain America would want you to do. He's going to make, like, a fake Facebook page, like Baron Gazaniga from like, Berlin. And you're going to add him. <laughs> That you're calling a Baron Gazanica. Well, yeah, Baron. Like, so no, no, no. I got it. But all my coworkers uh, call him Aaron. Aaron, the Pizza Baron. Oh. <laughs> so that's even better for me. I can't wait. Every like Tuesday morning, because when I listen to the podcast and start commenting, every Tuesday morning for like a three hour span from like nine to twelve, I need banned from the group. <laughs> <laughs> Just he's not going to want to hear it while it's fresh in my mind. All right. Well. uh... Uh, Aaron, if someone wants to get a hold of you or find some of your writing, where can they uh, where can they do that? Well, I'm on Hipsters the Coast. I write the Brew Corner column, um, and then I'm also on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at a a r o n g a z z a n i g a. So that's at my full name, Aaron Gazaniga. Uh, it's a real tongue twister. So enjoy that one. <laughs> 
Uh, Kate, what about you? If someone wants to get a hold of you on Twitter or uh, maybe find some of your altar work, where can they uh, find you there? A very poorly updated Facebook, which is <laughs> facebook.com slash altars by Kate. Um, and then Twitter, it's B-E-A-U-T-E-C-O-U-L-I-S-S-E-S. Um, and you can also hit me up on Snapchat. That's Donnelly 278 um, I'm kind of all over the place. You can find me everywhere. Um, and then my column on Hipsters of the Coast is Hope Eternal. If you wanna, if you wanna read some of my stuff. What about you, Jerry? I'm I'm around. God damn it, Jerry! <laughs> <laughs> it's a tradition now, Pat. You know, every fucking time. <laughs> it's a tradition. It's a tradition. <laughs> if you want to find Jerry bad enough, you'll find him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I mean, you will. <laughs> don't don't tell people to do that, though. <laughs> it's like yeah, Liam Neeson shows up outside my house one day. Ah, <laughs> uh, he has a particular set of skills. Uh, but I'm on Twitter at Jamie3rd. I'm also on Hipsters of the Coast, and I'm on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. It's lots of cool people hanging out, including Aaron and Kate. You guys are on there pretty often. Yeah, I'm on there very often. Yeah, Aaron's oh actually God, Aaron always judging Aaron. the two yeah, of you. Yeah, Aaron basically <laughs> po- Aaron listens to the cast and then you know plans seven shit talking points <laughs> to post one each day I, uh, until he gets to re up. Post as I listen to the cast, in all fairness. <laughs> I sometimes feel bad. I'll like log on and I'll be like, oh, I hope they don't hate us. <laughs> no, I do not. We actually just crested over 300 members in the group, so I think that's pretty, pretty cool uh, accomplishment there. Getting there, yeah. A lot of a lot of active uh, people in that in that Facebook group. Um, you guys find me at Pat Uglow on Twitter. Uh, you can find the podcast at uh, Leaving Legacy on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on MTGcast, and you can find again, like Jerry said, the group on uh, Facebook. Just search for Leaving Legacy. Oh man, awesome. Well, Jerry, you want to play us out with something sweet tonight? Yeah, let's. We got the group. Gonna roll it. Four. What the hell's that? Let's see. I'm not looking one, at the post two, right now. Three, four. War pigs by Black, Bat- Black Sabbath. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Very sweet. Yeah, Nathan yeah. rolls. Good job, that's Nathan. Black Sabbath. Nathan, you brought the group together. Good on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I grew up and stopped listening to that crap. <laughs> Thanks for ruining the moment, Aaron. <laughs> What's the heck? Thanks for ruining the moment. <laughs> You're welcome. That's all he ever does. Oh my god! No, honestly, you... War Pigs is actually pretty sweet. Like it's it's gonna be great listening to this cast next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Jerry. Yes. Say the thing. I'll play us out with something sweet, Pat. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs>
gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, Lord, Stops turning Ashes where the body's burning No more war pigs of the power And as God has struck the hour Day of 
of judgment God is calling Underneath the war pigs crawling Begging mercies for the sins Satan laughing spreads his wings Oh, Lord, yeah. 